Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's topic of the week. My name is Alec. Service called Riverside, and with it, um, not sponsored by the way, but with it, we can use uh, video recordings as well as audio recordings. So, for anyone on Spotify, uh, Amazon, Apple, you're hearing our voices, but on YouTube, you can see our faces. So, this is going to be new. Um, and by the time we uh, reconnect, uh, we'll be using video cameras as well once we're in the same room together because we're in different continents right now. But um, today, we're going to be talking about bricks. So, we've had multiple mentions of bricks in our past um podcast but this one we're going to be talking about the future of breaks um the possibilities and consequences of the alliance and this is a fantastic idea brought up by josh so um i'm just gonna go over some quick news um recently in the news ethiopia has requested to join bricks in hopes of economic um and ethiopia is one of many countries seeking to join bricks um other countries that want to join bricks include um algeria argentina bangladesh egypt indonesia iran saudi arabia turkey um uae and a few other countries that might are also looking to um requesting to join um but out of these countries none so far have been formally accepted into BRICS. um BRICS is still the five brazil yeah it, it, it's going to be a very large South Africa. <laughs> oh, South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So to say, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. South <laughs> Africa, which is where the next one is going to be held in August. Um, uh, South Africa, the next BRICS conference, is going to be held in August in South Africa. Um, anyway, uh, in 2014, uh, around 50 billion dollars was put into seed money to launch BRICS. Um, the New Development Bank is an alternative to the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. So this is really when they got serious. They started to get serious. It's an alternative to Western institutions. So there, obviously, everyone knows about China's One Belt, One Road initiative. This is just another bank that's going to help sustainably develop the rest of the world. And so BRICS is the alternative to what we know as Western institutions like the UN, like the World Bank, like the International Monetary Fund. And this is huge, uh, was huge news in 2014. A little scary to what the the rest of the world and the West has uh, you know, known. They were the leaders. They were the ones that were controlling everything. Every policy, every economic uh, move was made from Western ideologies and Western choice. But now it's starting to shift and China is starting to take a lead. And so there are many, many different possibilities of what BRICS can be, what the West can be, um, and how BRICS can kind of topple the what the West has or, or be a better alternative to what the West has. So there's, there's a lot of different discussions on how the West and how the United States specifically is going to try and either work with or, um, for lack of a better term, topple what BRICS is becoming, destroy mm-hmm. what BRICS is becoming. So this is a fascinating development. Yeah. An interesting um, topic. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely is. And I don't want to say they want to topple the West. I mean, in their words, right, BRICS – uh, seeks to be another potential alternative yeah. or a second pillar of global convergence. This to me, right? And I'm reading, and I read this off of um, 
I think it was Modern Diplomacy's website. When I read this, I was thinking to myself, a second pillar of global convergence. Now, we think of convergence as all countries coming together as one for one goal. But what BRICS is trying to do is they're looking to make, they're trying to take the idea of convergence, but they're trying to converge on their own. So what what I'm getting here is that the West is going to be one. And BRICS is going to be another entity. So it's going to create what we didn't want, what the UN didn't want, what the world didn't want was a West versus East division. Um, Now, I'm not saying that BRICS is the one. Well, BRICS is causing this, but this is because of it's it's a domino effect of uh, countries in Africa, for example, Um, not feeling as if they're being included in the international stage. We have China that's competing economically with Russia, uh, with uh, the United States and Russia also competing with the United States as well. So it's like, it's a domino effect. And it's, it raises the question of whether or not did the West kind of create this sort of second pillar of global convergence, or is it just um, the response of what, Uh, the West has done and BRICS trying to create the second pillar to try to be more involved in the international stage. So just, just thinking about second pillar of global convergence really got me, really got me thinking. Yeah. Baba Bonnie, if for those of you who don't know, was the one who created the book. Uh, What was it called? It was something about global convergence, but we really read the book and yeah, the new world convergence, something along those lines. (laughs) He wrote it in 2013. Yeah, it's a great, easy read for people who are inter- interested in international relations. Definitely recommend reading the book. Uh, but Ramabani is an American and an Indian national who, who wrote this book. And one of his biggest pillars was the West versus the rest. And if you look at what BRICS is, um, in terms of Western eyes, it's the rest. I mean, when 2013, when it was made, China was not looked at as this big threat. Uh, they were a threat to the global economy, but not a threat to the world, or at least to the West. But now, BRICS, in in general, is is seen because of Russia and China mostly uh, as a threat to Western institutions. And this is where I have a big problem because I don't believe it should be looked at as a threat. Do I believe that the United States and the West should continually monitor what BRICS is doing? Absolutely, but. They should be looking to create deals with the West. Because if you look at India, for example, we just discussed this in our recent podcast with uh, Modi visiting the United States. Are we going to consider BRICS a, a threat because of it, it, just because of Russia and uh, China? No, we were friends with India. We're, we're at least trying to become very close allies with India. Look at Brazil, for example. Brazil is in our hemisphere. Are we going to try to create an enemy in our hemisphere? I don't believe we should. And Brazil is an emerging, growing economy. And so this is where we kind of, uh, where I don't think the West should try and create this split. We should try to work with BRICS. BRICS has a lot of possibilities. You look at Egypt, you look at the UAE, you look at Uruguay, you look at Saudi Arabia, you look at Nigeria. These are all countries that are growing, that are growing economies. And they're wanting to join BRICS. Why should we stop them from trying to grow? Why should we stop them from trying to integrate themselves into the world? Um, we should try to reach out to BRICS and create new deals, you know, create this new founding relationship and integrate these economies. And I think that could be a way to try to kind of stop what we perceive as a threat. Correct. 
I I really I really strongly believe in the idea of redefining what a threat is. Yes. Yes, it'll be an economic challenge to us, but not an economic threat. Now, challenge and threat are two different things. A threat is something where our economy is going to go down as a result of BRICS. But I see this more as competition. And for for economies, economies exist because of competition. Capitalism is based on the idea of competition. Why do we want to squash our competition? How can this be a free world if there's no competition? And I do agree that let them just let if they want to join BRICS, let them. I think we should find as like I, I totally agree with you, Josh. We need to find new avenues to work with them because BRICS will create a two part convergence. Why not just bridge the gap instead of serve, uh, and the, instead of looking as them as enemies? So yeah. look at BRICS as another opportunity for the West to work with economically, because now you have a big coalition rather than having to reach out to individual countries, which makes it harder. And there's a lot more red tape involved having to work with individual countries versus working as one big group. Now you have an access to an entire group of economies versus having to deal with everything one by one. So uh, will their influence expand? Yes. Will they be a threat to us? No. If we do the right things. Now, if we yes. just let them uh, take over our take over all our partners, this and that, then they become a threat. Then we, we need to draw the line with BRICS. And I think we should put a line now before it gets too late on where can BRICS expand and where they shouldn't. And how would a BRICS versus the West look like? I think this is a discussion that they need to have. And I think, I don't know when BRICS is having their next talk. Sometimes the next. Yeah, and the next BRICS talk is very controversial with the whole Vladimir Putin thing and whether or not they uh, Putin will be arrested. But um, I think what they what they should do is have a representative of Russia uh, have uh, come to this BRICS talk rather than Putin. And what they should do is uh, put all all things aside from the war, and the West should come in and have this discussion with BRICS to talk economics, all economics, all economy, all things industrialization, development, globalization, nothing to do with um, the war, just so we avoid a future issue, rather than having them creating this, uh, having them talk in August with um, and having them look to us as enemies. So they look to the West as enemies, while we see them as a partner. It will send a different message, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, the, the the thing is, is that BRICS can't be ignored, even if we like to. By 2027, it is predicted that the, all the economies of the five that are currently in BRICS will be uh, G, have GDPs combined of 27 trillion plus. So 27 trillion is the the lowest that they expect these these uh, GPs of all the countries combined to be at. Uh, I would say that if you count India and South Africa, the growth of their countries and even Brazil, we could be looking at the 35 trillion dollar plus economies in BRICS. So you can't ignore them. That's just fact. And, and, and like you said, reaching out and looking at them not as enemies but as friends could establish that already could establish a relationship and, and move the conflict aside you know one of the ways to do this would be to invite all BRICS nations which i believe they're all part of the g20 already but what we could you could do is have a, a g20 plus BRICS conference 
that can establish mm. a relationship. Uh, the conference, a conference is easy. All it is is talking points, affirming points, and, and, and creating goals. It's not policy like what the G20 can do. Um, it, a conference can just set up, you know, what what the goals, the hopes of working with BRICS, the hopes of working with G20 and the West. Uh, you know, countries being added to BRICS. You can have observer states come in for countries being added to BRICS or countries being added to the G20, being added to both. It should be an established relationship, not a us versus them type thing. And and eventually it could just be like, oh, let's come together and create a new thing. You know, instead of the G20 and BRICS, it could be something else. And so that, that could be the start, reaching out, having this conference. Right. And I want to go, in, I want to go back to the um, to the, uh, the idea you brought for the G20 thing and having BRICS there as well. Um, you can kind of have BRICS as a... How, uh, like how Spain is in G20, but they're not really in G20. They're what they're called a permanent visitor, permanent, permanent something, right? Um, and you can have bricks like that at G20 as well, where they become a permanent. Um, I don't know if it's a term visitor. I'm observer. Not, I'm not observer. I think that's what it's called, a permanent observer, where they're not actually a part of it, but they're. They're in it for the discussions as well and to listen in what's going on. And then you could slowly integrate BRICS into G20 and then keep growing, like how the African Union wants to make make it G21. So Yeah, I think that's a great idea because let, let, let's hypothetically look like the African Union joins G21. And then you see the other African countries that on their own join BRICS. And then you have the UAE and Uruguay and Argentina. Let's say in the next five years. African unions in the G20, all those countries that I just listed that are uh, looking, or you also listed earlier, that are looking to join the BRICS, join BRICS. So now you have two incredibly large economic powerhouses combined together. What's the point of fighting against each other? Because you already have the likes of China, the likes of Russia, the likes of South Africa, who are also on the G20 and in BRICS. They should have their separate conferences, of course, because they're the separate entities. But like you said, BRICS could be permanent observers to the G20 conference. And as a return, the, the BRICS could have the G20 as permanent observers to their conferences. So they could be invited to go and hear what they want to discuss and how they want to discuss. And this could seem kind of redundant. You know, why would you have two different conferences? You know, they look at two different agendas if you're all looking to try and converge the world. Well, there are already two different entities. To try and combine them is going to be difficult. So the start is having them separate, but having each other be observers of each other. So you can kind of see how they're going to mm. work, what they're going to do. And that is going to be what the start is to combining, hopefully, later on down the road. Because right now, it, it would be almost impossible. For them to just like, oh, BRICS and G20 come together because right now G20 wants to be the G20 and BRICS wants to be BRICS. They want to be the alternative to the West. So that's a start. Right. Yep. And and I do and I do agree with that fully. Um, I mean, the, the their aim is really to improve the existing world order, and they want to quote create rules and norms for cooperation. So if this is their true aim and it's not. Uh, a backstabbing thing where they want to seek global dominance and they want to be able to set global agendas the way the G7 can, 
then I think this is this is a fantastic aim, um, a fantastic pathway is having each other as observers. And, and it's the only way to really improve existing world order is to I become agree. observers of each other. Um, so it kind of goes into the question of what what is a future BRICS going to now look like now that we've discussed um like I, my my question is how big will it truly become because we've discussed what it could look like should um the west choose to cooperate i just want to see i just i just want to think about how big it can truly get and will BRICS ever um accept countries like algeria argentina bangladesh and all the other countries we mentioned and so that's a great point because there's 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 so many different things that can go wrong when you accept countries of the status that are not they're, they're still developing because there are things that can happen that can change the development status or if they join then China could have more power over them and kind of like influence their economies in the way that China wants um, but there, there there's also the contrast to it that it can help them grow so I think that for starters that they're going to allow them and I think BRICS is going to accept a lot of nations in the coming years to hopefully uh and i hope the west allows them to i don't want if the west tries to bar them from joining BRICS, you know it's only just going to create more you know of a, a a break between the the west and the rest of the world you look at their growing economies india is going to be a massive economy in the next 25 years china is, is set to suppress the united states i don't believe that's going to happen um, but they're still going to be the second largest economy in the world if, no matter what, that's not changing. You have the UAE, they're going to grow if they end up joining. Saudi Arabia, if they end up joining, are going to be booming economies. Nigeria is the largest economy in Africa. South Africa is the third largest economy in Africa. And they're going to be two of the biggest economies in the world. We're going to see a massive block. And I think their future is going to be helping out those developing countries that need it to build their economies, to build their infrastructure, to help uh, stabilize their political institutions. And that is going to be a big role that the, that uh, BRICS is going to offer because the West isn't offering it right now. The West doesn't want to get involved, unfortunately, in the likes of these countries in Africa because they're destabilized. And I, I really don't like that the West doesn't get involved because of the, the corruption. The only way to stop the corruption is to get involved in it. You have to be able to, and then not not being involved in the corruption, like being involved in the country. I should I should clarify that being involved <laughs> with it, being involved with the country itself. You know, like like I'll, Rwanda, I'll well like the DRC. <laughs> <laughs> but they should they should offer kidding. an incentive. You know, and like give them like a loan, like here, use this to build your economy. It will help you like solve your political institutions if if you would like. But the West doesn't do that, and it's unfortunate. So I think that's what BRICS is going to do. They're going to fill in that gap that the West isn't. Correct. And and I was just about to say, like, I think you answered my, my next question, which was going to be about, like, what about Indonesia, where their stance is very wanting to be part of the West. And like you said, they're going to fill the gap that the West couldn't. So you already, you already uh, answered my, my follow-up question with that. And yeah, I, 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 the title of this is called The Consequences of the Alliance. Now, personally, I really don't think there can be a consequence of BRICS being enlarged and and moving forward to compete with G7, for example. I think consequences of BRICS are going to be 
made by ourselves. We choose it whether or not there's going to be a consequence. I, I think we can mitigate a consequence, um, things like economic threats versus a challenge. I think we're choosing to have a consequence um, rather than looking to make it a good possibility for the West to even to even use this opportunity to grow economically. So I, I think you really have to try and make it a problem, in my opinion. I think, it, is, it a, is it a problem right now? Yes, because we're not addressing it. If there's good policy out there, had Western countries create direct foreign policy where, it's, where it looks at BRICS and says, listen, we understand there is a growing BRICS. Here's what our country is going to do. A, B, and C. Boom. And I don't think we in our foreign policy we should target BRICS, but rather see them as opportunity rather than see them as a possibility for a future ally. I, re- I really think that you have to try to make an enemy out of BRICS. And yeah. hopefully that we don't know what's going on on the BRIC side on whether or not they see us, the West, as a threat. And hopefully they see us. I mean, they, they state that they see uh, that they want to create a second global convert, a second pillar of global convergence. Now, I don't know if this is just for PR or whatever it is, but I really hope that they have the same exact stance with uh, how we want the West to, to view BRICS. And with, with countries like Russia, for example, I don't think uh, Russia would be a terrible influence, for example. So I think we need to add a few more countries in there, like the UAE, like Saudi Arabia, um, that can really serve as the balancing act of BRICS and make it less hostile. Because countries like Saudi Arabia and UAE don't want conflict. They want money. They want investments. They want to build. So if the UAE and Saudi Arabia see BRICS as a fit, I think they should they should do it. And it would be really a good balance. And it would... Um, it would perfect our foreign policy and make not look us to BRICS as a threat, but rather as a possibility for a friend, if that makes sense, should it yeah. expand. Yeah, and, and, and it, it does because it, you have to look at what BRICS is. You know, when you say consequences, you're like, we really have to screw up to make them an enemy. Because, and you're so right because – and it goes for BRICS too. Because you look at South Africa, South Africa had just got a visit from Germany in a, in a re- episode that's going to on Monday that they want to join the G20. All right. So, OK, South Africa is part of the West or wants to be a part of the West automatically. And the African Union wants to be a part of the West. So there's there's that. Two, Brazil has been traveling all across. The Brazilian president has been traveling all across Europe to make new friends. He's been to France. He's been to Italy to make friends with Western nations. And then India. Modi just visited uh, Biden, and we, we did a current episode on that, you know, how what the India and the U.S. relationship is going to look like for the future. And so what I see as the biggest issue between why there could be a divide is, is Russia, China, U.S. Those relations, that, that, that relationship between those countries, mostly between the Russia, U.S., China, U.S., that – is where the, the break is going to be because what we look at, especially when we look at Russia and China, we look at them as national security threats to the U.S. That is where the break is going to be, I believe, um, if there is going to be one because we we see each other as national security threats. When you see so there's national security threats, automatically the rest of them become threats. China views the West as a threat, not as much as Russia does what they do. We view China as a threat. We automatically then view BRICS as a threat. 
And that's an unfortunate part. And I think we should try to ignore that because we have, like I said, India, South Africa, and Brazil, whom are wanting to be a part of Western institutions so they can get a piece of that pie in terms of the economics and in terms of security. Absolutely. And I was going to say, going back to the whole US, China, and Russia thing, right? I think what, what we should do, right, as the United States, is should this future whatever uh, West and BRICS alliance work out, I think the US, China, and Russia should not be the people at the forefront of this relationship. I think they should let other countries uh, have them decided out. And for the US, China, and Russia to serve as kind of the administrators, or not even that, just have, have them step out from the talk. I think it's time that we see more um, the the least uh, the more of the less developed countries handle more of the talks versus the U.S., China, and Russia. And then after these talks are settled, the U.S., China, and Russia, we, because we're so influential, we give them the resources they need as a uh, result of whatever goal they want to achieve, whether it be money, whether it be physical resources. Whether it be anything, really, um, if that yeah. makes sense. No, it, it, and it's a bold statement because you have to like to, to put Russia. Russia it is, would be. It is very bold. Yeah, but it's my hot take of the day. <laughs> it's important. It's important because Ru- Russia in, in the future might be a little easier to brush aside, but China and, and the United States to tell them to like take a back seat in discussions. You know that that's so difficult because they they influence what we see as the West. And the East, and going back to Indonesia, for example, you know ASEAN, as they're they're the the leaders, basic the leaders of ASEAN. It's another big global group that that has a has a decision to make. It, it, does Indonesia and ASEAN go in and, and join BRICS, or because they're they're close, or do they join the West? And, and Indonesia has pro- said a lot that they want to join the rest. They want to be able to solve their their corruption problems and join the West. But if they can't do that, and the BRICS offers a big alternative, then all of a sudden we have to work with BRICS and an even bigger and larger BRICS that has more influence. ASEAN's a massive, massive block that has a lot of power, a lot of manufacturing power, and that is going to increase the strength of the BRICS, uh, BRICS power. And so you're you know going back to what we were talking about, how U.S. and China have to take a back seat. If the influence of the, the the developing countries grow, you know it's not going to be that U.S. and China have to take a back seat. It's going to be everybody at that table has a very important and powerful uh, vote and, and say within that group. And I think mm-hmm. by adding more countries to those groups like BRICS and, and adding more countries to the G20, the U.S., even though it is the most powerful – is not always going to have the biggest voice because they're outnumbered. And same with China. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I want to top off this discussion with a very, very hard question. Will BRICS be able to be so influential that they can set the global agenda like a, uh, like a G7 group can? Uh, <laughs> listen, the global agenda is what the countries that are a part of those you know groups you know, want it to be 
and that's their decisions. But, you know, if BRICS says something, and all BRICS countries follow, but the G20 says something opposite, and then all the G20 and G7 follows, you know, is it a world agenda? That's, that that's is true. different groups. That is very true. And so right now there's just G20. They set the agenda. They control the most of, and most people look up to those countries, the U.S. as, you know, please, this is what we want to see, and this is what we want to do, and the U.S. and the rest sets the agendas. BRICS doesn't have that power yet, but if it does end up getting that power where it has over all the rest of those countries and sets the agenda for those countries, then it's just split, and, and it's two different things. But I would agree. I would think in, in the next 20 years, I think BRICS is going to have that power because they're going to have that 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 uh, reach now where they have, you know, 10 countries joining BRICS and they're going to have the agenda over 15, 20 countries, which is a large portion of the world, a large portion of developing and developed countries. Cool. Uh, you answered pretty much my question too. Um, uh, you answered the way I would, I would have answered as well, um, is that in the next 20 years that we will see that um, them setting their agenda. But I, I do also believe that there's going to be I want to go back to the second pillar of global convergence because that really resonates with me. I think that BRICS in the next even like five to ten years, right, they're going to be able to set the agenda for their own side and then the West will set their agenda for their own side. And then it's going to be two split global agendas, agendas plural. That's how I see it as. Yeah, and I, I agree because they're just going to have because they're either going to be uh, you know working together with two different agendas or separate you know split with two different yep. agendas and so that and they, sorry and I was just going to say ahead. like there's two split global agendas then this is where the role of the United Nations comes in and they have to play that role where they combine both of these agendas or they they take some from of bricks. And they take some ideas from the West and they put it on a working paper. And they're like, this is what both of y'all want. Agree to one agenda. Yeah. And at least that's the hope that the UN would get involved. That, that's, that, yeah. Well, what they should be, have been doing and they should be yeah. doing, but I don't know if they're going to do, continue to do that. But yeah, we'll see. That's We'll see what happens. A lot of things right. can change in the next 10 years. You know, there's there's so many different factors that can completely, you know, dissolve what BRICS is. I mean, like, you never know what can happen. BRICS might cease to exist in 20 years. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe Russia and China are like, well, this is not going to work out. It was good on yeah. paper to bring all these developing countries together, but it's not going to work out. But yeah, you never know. And then that's where the West comes in and be like, hey, they threw you out. Come join us. And then. Yeah. But. It's it uh, for now. I still see more countries running bricks for now. Yeah, in the next five years, I think my estimate is going to be that it's going to be a next G twenty by the next five years. That's my goal. Well, that's my. You think twenty countries? That is my vision. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to get to that point. Yeah, I think they're going to whoever have requested to join, and then they're going to add more later on. That's that's my vision. That's what I see, but I don't know if it'll be true or not maybe maybe not i don't know we'll see i'll i'll lowball you i'm gonna say five to seven because i see uae and saudi arabia i see i see uae and saudi arabia being yeah absolutely yeah uae and saudi arabia i think are going to be accepted 
I think Argentina will be accepted. I think Nigeria will be accepted. Uh, I think Mexico, if uh, I believe I didn't say Mexico, but I believe Mexico, if they decide. Yeah, I believe I believe Mexico was uh, one of the ones that was on the table of the Mm -hmm. uh, prime minister or the foreign minister uh, bricks. And then I believe if Iran starts to keep keeps becoming a little bit more liberal in terms of what they do, I think Iran will be uh, a definite. So I think those are the six that I believe will be accepted in the next three to five years. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Turkey might. Turkey is very half and half on what, yeah, I, what, what on them, but we'll see. What says what Erdogan decides to do? <laughs> Main man Erdogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hold off on comments for on Erdogan, but um, yeah, for politics' sake. <laughs> if you don't have anything else, add. Yeah, I'm all set. Yeah. All right, cool. So thank you all for tuning in to this week's Topic of the Week. We hope you enjoyed that. And as we always do is preach for doing your own research. Um, we also want more viewers to look into what's happening around the world around them because a lot of uh, media organizations do not report on 50% or 90, even 50 to 90% of the things that even happen out there. So yeah, we, we, we that's why we started this and we encourage it. Um, for everyone to do their own research and we're going to, and our goal is to help people with that. So yeah. And request topics, please. Oh yes, please. I think in Spotify you can leave uh, you can leave comments. So leave comments if you want to see a specific topic. For sure. Cool. See you in the next one. Yeah. Thank you for listening.